Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we walk with Parasha and more. And, um, and this Parasha, this, this uh, Shiur I'm going to give you today comes from a book called Talks on the Parasha by Rabbi Adin Avon Israel Steinsaltz. And it's the teachings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he says that this week's parasha talks about how the Torah views physical defects in relation of our service to Hashem. And from a halachic standpoint, from the law, the Jewish law, eh, the laws of defects apply both to the korbanot sacrifices, both to the animal that's going to be a sacrifice and to the Kohen and the person who would bring it, who is the person who would bring it. So if a person was going to offer a sheep uh, as a sacrifice, he could not bring a blemished animal. The animal had to be in perfect condition. He could not have like a scratch or he could not have a bald spot on his skin. He had to be in perfect condition. The same way the Kohen that used to offer this sacrifice, the one that used to do the sacrifice, also had to be in perfect condition. It says that he could not have bushy eyebrows, he could not have twisted fingers. Like it's talking about physical uh, physical defects. So, so both the korban and the priest had to be free of physical defects according to the principle that any defect that disqualifies a man disqualifies an animal as well. So there were koanim in the times of the temple that had uh, physical defects and these koanim, they were still koanim but they could not, uh, they could not preside in the, in, the, in, the, in the priestly blessings and they cannot do all these things that the koanim used to do. They, were, they couldn't do it. So there is another law of this kind that says that the judges of the Sanhedrin, which was the, the, the court in the times of the temple, had to also be free of any physical defect. Just as the court must be clean in respect of righteousness, so must they be clear of all physical defects. And a person could be the most, the, the greatest sage, the most unbelievable uh, person, a tzaddik, but if he had a physical defect, he could not be a judge. So this is a little bit mind-boggling, like it's not fair in our eyes because Hashem makes the defects. Like if a person is born without a, an arm or without fingers or God forbid with any physical defect, it's not that person's fault that he looks like that. He was born like that. It Hashem made him like that. So what is this whole thing about perfection and, and the service of Hashem? Why does God have to... Uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a commandment. Like he has, he, it has to be perfect. Why is it so important for Hashem? If Hashem knows us, He, he loves everybody. What, what does it mean to be perfect? So this applies not only to the defect that would interfere with the ability to function as a judge, but with any imperfection that would interfere, like a hunchback, a lack of a limb, a scar, and, uh, and the person had to have the appropriate age also to serve as a judge. He also had to have children and be married. He could not be single and, or, or married with no children. And these defects would completely disqualify a judge, even if he was the greatest of men. So in the case of the temple, 
we can see that at least there is a logic in the law that a korban, a sacrifice that is going to be offered to Hashem could have no defects because how can you bring to God something that is not the best of the best? That was the problem with Cain and Abel, that, uh, that the brother got jealous because the other brother brought the best of the best and the other one brought just like whatever, you know? So from here we learn that when we're offering to Hashem, we have to give him the best of the best. And we cannot give him just whatever. And, uh, and, and the same logic could explain why the priest too had to be free of them. Because the korban has to be in perfect condition and the person that is uh, offering it has to also be in perfect condition. Obviously the reason for this is that it is not proper to present such a thing to God. To the king one must give the best one has and at the same time the person presenting the korban in this case, the Kohen, he too had to be a perfect, imperfect condition to honor Hashem because of his job. Not, not if a person, God forbid, is missing something and he's giving the best of his best to Hashem, Hashem is going to take it with a lot of love. Like he's, this is not the case. The case is in the case of the offering in the temple with the Kohen and the, and the sacrifice. So the temple itself had an aspect of splendor and glory. It is not like a regular shul or a shade or a, or a shtibol in which people feel comfortable. Like today, people go to shul and they feel they're in their in their living room and they talk and they schmooze and they eat and they drink. And in the times of the temple, this was not the case. It was like going into the palace of a king. This was the feeling that people had. It was a, a feeling of awe, of 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 um, reverence. Uh, in which Hashem was like the king he is, he, he was treated how it was. The vessels were made out of gold and the best materials because this was the palace of Hashem. So if we read all the vessels in the temple, the curtains, the, the acacia wood and the candelabrum and the shulhan, everything was made with the most exquisite materials. There was nothing spared. They, they went to the best decorator, with to the best architect, they put the best of the best. So in this vein, every vessel used in the temple also had to be perfect. Even the garments used by the Kohen had to be perfect. If they had a little stain, they could not be used. So this explanation makes sense concerning the temple, which in essence is the sanctuary of the king. But why does the same rule apply to the judges in the Sanhedrin? Judges are respected for their wisdom, their righteousness and integrity. Why is their appearance also so important? Why is the physical appearance important? So a new mother once approached a Rebbe in tears and she was holding her infant son and, and she came up to the, to the Rebbe and she was crying and she says, you know, my son, he was born with crooked legs. Like today you go to an orthopedist and they put a special thing and they straighten them up. But in those days there was no such a thing. And a person that was born with crooked legs was left with crooked legs for the rest of his life. And the Rebbe told her to relax and he said to her, don't worry, he will have a straight head. Indeed, this baby grew up to have a very, to become a very great rabbi, even with his crooked legs. So this, rev, ra, this boy that was born with the crooked legs, he would have not been a judge in the Sanhedrin, but nevertheless, he was a great rabbi. So if this is true and a person still can be great at something in life, regardless of his physical defects, why is the Torah so strict about the Korban, the Kohen, and the judges? 
So we never know if something that appears good is truly good. As the saying goes, man sees what is visible, but God sees into the heart. And this is from Samuel 16.7. The ability to see inwardly into the heart of a person only belongs to Hashem. So Hashem is the creator of the world. He's the one that made us. He molded us. We're every person is made in the image of God even the person with the crooked legs is made in the image of God and everybody has something special to give to the world everybody's here for a reason everybody's here for a purpose the thing is that if a person is born with a twisted nose he was not born to be a judge that's not his place this is not what he's meant to be doing in life so we would think that the spiritual perfection is all that is needed we would think like the only thing that God cares about is spiritual perfection in the service of God but it turns out that Hashem expects perfection in all areas uh, from his servants this doesn't mean that Hashem doesn't acknowledge every person and if a person is not perfect in, in every sense is worthless to him for Hashem every child is precious what this means is that Hashem needs specific types of people to do certain specific types of jobs and, um, and the closer the job is to the divine presence, the more is expected from the person who is doing it. So for example, let's say you're gonna build a home. You're gonna build the home of your dreams. So you go to the best architect in town, you're not, spare, you're not, uh, you're not counting money, you're giving it whatever, everything you got. So you're gonna go to the best architect, that architect has the best engineer, he has the best contractors, he has the best uh, wood, wood uh, carpenter, he has the best uh, person to do the floors, you know. Each person has a quality, each person has a capacity. What I can do, you cannot do. What you can do, I cannot do. Each person has his own uh, quality and mission and purpose in life. And we're, done, we're made in a certain way in which our makeup are the tools to be able to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. So the same goes with us and with Hashem. Uh, we, everybody has a different job application to build this house, this house for Hashem in this world. And each one of us should be working in whatever we came to do into this world and not snooping and looking, oh, I cannot be a Kohen because I have a twisted nose. That's not your place. This is what we have to understand. So for example, the qualities required for a prophet are he must be strong, he must be wealthy, he must be wise, and he must be humble. He needed these four qualities. Uh, Maimonides says, who's strong? The one that can, who can overcome his evil nature. And who's wealthy? The one that is happy with his lot. But here, in Nevarim, it's not saying that. It's being very specific and it's straight to the point. The, the prophet had to be a person that was strong, Physically, he had to be strong, he had to be wealthy in money, he had to be wise and he had to be humble. So the prophet could, couldn't only have two of these requirements, he needed to have all of them. The Talmud is actually ref referring to someone who is physically strong and wealthy and in monetary sense. The prophet is a vessel for receiving the divine presence and although some of his qualities would seem frivolous to us, like why does he need to be wealthy? In reality, they're not. They're part of the tools that he needs to be able to be a, a good prophet, the right prophet. So there is a midrash that goes like this. 
The court declared today is Rosh Hashanah. The Holy One, blessed be He, then told the ministering angels, set up a platform and let the advocates and accusers step up for my children have announced that today is Rosh Hashanah. The court then decided instead to put off Rosh Hashanah till the next day. The Holy One, blessed be He, then told the ministering angels, remove the platform and let the advocates and the accusers go away for my children have put off the holiday till tomorrow. What is the source of this? For it is a law of Israel then, as it were, it is not judgment day of the God of Jacob. And this is in Rosh Hashanah 1.3. So what this, Mishnah, what this Midrash wants to convey is that the court's power derives not only from the fact that the judges are Torah scholars, but due to their physical perfection, they become an instrument for the divine presence. So Hashem needs judges in this world. He needs judges, he needs the Kohen, he needs the, the Korban, he needs all these props in his master plan. And each one has certain specifications that are needed for that person to be able to fulfill the, the purpose. Their rulings are an expression of God's will both in the lower as well as the upper realms. Since the judges of the Sanhedrin have this special power, when they are ruling in a case, the, the Shehinah, the Divine Presence, is with them. The ordination of these judges had to be done specifically in the land of Israel, and their full authority could only be exercised in the stone hall inside of the temple and nowhere else. So what this uh, Rabbi Steinsfeld is trying to explain to us is that each thing has its place and each thing has its time. This is what it is. Like if a person is born, God forbid, with a learning disability and he's having a hard time in school and he's not like the rest of his friends and for him to learn is very hard. You know what? This is your makeup because this is your purpose. This, this, what you're going through is what Hashem needs you to go through so you can do what you have to do in this world. You're not meant to be that other boy in class. I remember one of my girls used to have a lot of problems learning in school. She had, a, she had no visual memory. And the, 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 psych, the psychiatrist that, that tested her, this man was amazing. He, he really understood my daughter and he helped her so much. And he became a psychiatrist in his later years when he was like 40. And he told me, you know, I was a, a kid in school that could not learn. I could not learn. It was very hard for me. I also have a, a learning disability. And in my time, imagine this man must be like around 60 years old. So this was like 20 years ago. This man, in, when he was a child, we don't have all this information about the brain and how it works and how to help children with learning disabilities. Usually, at that age, at, in those days, if a person was not good in school, they would just kick him out of every school and he would never be able to graduate. I know a few people like that. It doesn't mean that that person doesn't serve. It doesn't mean that that person doesn't have perfection. He's perfect for he, what he needs to do. He's not perfect for the cookie cutter mold, but he's perfect for what he needs to do. And I remember this man, he said, you know what? I was so, uh, I suffered so much. I wanted to help children in their lives. And 
I don't know how he did it, but at the end of the day, he graduated, he's a psychiatrist, he's a very renowned one, and he's like a lifesaver. My daughter not only learned to learn with whatever she lacked, she compensated with something else, and he taught her how to learn, but she graduated uh, top of the class from a good, good university uh, as a nurse. So each person has their own uh, toolbox. And I remember my daughter used to suffer a lot and I used to tell her, you know, Hashem is creating in you a certain quality that you're gonna need in your life to be able to fulfill what you need to fulfill. And that's compassion. And to feel for other people, their pain. And today she's a very successful nurse. So in, the, in detailing the loss of the blemished animals, the Torah says that which is crushed or mangled, torn or cut, you shall not offer to God, neither shall you do this in your land. So in the Torah, it is prohibited, prohibited. We cannot crush and mangle human beings and we cannot crush and mangle animals. Like you cannot castrate a dog. It's forbidden. We cannot do it. It's something that goes against the Torah. And a person also in the Torah says you cannot uh, make bald spots from, like pull your head and make bald spots. You cannot cut yourselves. Like other nations in the ancient times, when someone died, they used to cut themselves. And this is forbidden by the Torah. This is not the Jewish way. We, we should never harm our physical bodies. So sadly, there are people that their whole approach to Torah life is crushed and mangled. So here the Torah is talking in a physical sense, but in reality, everything that is in the physical is also in the, in the, in the spiritual. So what Rabbi Stainsfeld is saying is that in life, there's people who live crushed and mangled. They cut themselves, they, 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 they harm themselves. I've never seen, like human beings are the most self-destructive people in the world. They self-mangle themselves. Like I know people can have a hard time, they can grow up in a hard environment. They have all the excuses. But in reality, it doesn't make it better. It doesn't make your life better, it makes it worse. So they feel that, if, so here he's talking about people that for example, about Shuba, a person that returns to Torah, and uh, this is a case, that it's very common, that people used to have these incredible capab capabilities, qualities, like for example, they were creative, or they had beautiful voices, or they were incredible ma uh, mathematicians, or they have uh, brilliant minds, and they think that because they become religious, they have to uh, crush and mangle that. And in the reality, that's not what it is. It's a tool Hashem gave you for His service. So if you have a, a, a brilliant mind, use it for good. Like I know incredible rabbis that are like so out there that they're connecting Torah to science and they're making people see that it's not separate and they bring Torah and science together because this, they have the capacity to do this. Or there's people that have beautiful, amazing voices that used to sing crap music and now they sing to Hashem, they, they, they sing beautiful. Or artists, they used to paint horrible things and now they paint beautiful spiritual things. So the Torah is telling us here, that we should not be crushed and mongrel people, we should be people that are whole. And in, in this case, this is 
for us regular people, not judges, no, no koanim, and not prophets, because none of us are uh, this, uh, or there's some koan, but in, in today's world there's no temple, so they're, they're, they're on, on, on retirement till Mashiach comes, and we have no prophets in these days, and, and we don't have the judges of the Sanhedrin because we don't have a temple. But for us regular people, what Hashem means about perfection in serving Him in physical perfection is that we are complete people, that we don't crush and mangle ourselves. It, the crushed and mangled refers to a person who suppresses his drives and with that goes his dreams and creativity. This is what, this is what it means. A broken heart is a different thing. A broken heart is a person that realizes that he can be better. And it hurts him and his heart is broken because he's not living up to who he is. This is proactive. This is something that's going to spur that person to grow and become perfection. But to crush and mangle means to kill yourself. To kill that spark within you that, that gives you life. And today I see so many people like this here in New York. It's terrible. You see them in the streets every day. You see crushed and mangled people. People who have given up in life, who just don't believe in themselves anymore. And they're just like these entities walking around. So, so some people think that they must get rid completely of their Yetzer Hara, of their evil inclination in life to be able to be perfect. And they become completely ascetic, renouncing to any worldly pleasure. And the verse teaches us that one must not be mangled or crushed. Hashem wants the brilliant mathematician. He wants the writer. He wants the singer. He wants the artist. But to use it to the service of, he, of Hashem. And the Talmud states, neither you shall do this in your land. Even to castrate a dog is forbidden. Even an animal who is not in the status of a human may not be castrated, then so much more so a person must be perfect. So perfection for Hashem really means that we are pure and holy in our makeup. The way He made us should be pure and holy. One must constantly ask oneself where one is acting, where one is creating, and where one is living. In this parasha, God pronounced that He wants only sound, healthy people to join Him in His house. The more whole and upright, the better. So what does this mean? That if a person, God forbid, is sick or not well, is this His fault? Like a person gets sick? No, it's not His fault. People get sick. It's not their fault. How can Hashem ask from us something that we have no control over? This is not what this parasha is telling us. This is not what it is. So to understand this, let's go back to the korbanot. An ox that has two broken legs is a lot less dangerous than a big healthy ox. Obviously, it would be an ox that cannot maul a person. So in our view, the limping ox is more of a tzaddik since he can't physically harm anybody. So why can this tzaddik of an ox not be brought to, a, to be a korban? So why does Hashem want the healthy strong ox as a korban if he can create a lot of damage. In potential, this ox could create a lot of damage. He could maul a person, he could kill a person. From here we understand that Hashem wants things that are physically sound with all the risks that they entail. This does not mean that the halacha doesn't condone bringing an animal as a korban who has been violent or has acted inappropriately. 
he is not uh, accepted as a korban, but the potential of him to be like that, if he hasn't acted on that, this is the animal that Hashem wants. So for Hashem, what it means that we're, ho we're complete, we're whole, perfect people, what it means is that we live with our Yetzer Hara, we live with our evil inclination, we have it inside us. Yes, I would love to eat that cheese hamburger, uh, hamburger with a cheese hamburger, but you know what? I'm not gonna eat it. Hashem doesn't want me to eat it. I'm a Jew. A Jew doesn't eat that stuff. That I would love to eat it? Yes. But that I'm gonna eat it? No. So that is perfection for Hashem. That is what for Him is perfection. And, um, and majesty and power demand a vessel that is capable of receiving them. The broken vessels cannot bear them. Only with the possibility of reaching what is truly evil can one fully achieve what is truly good. So only when we're confronted with our, with our inclination, our animalistic inclination and our, and our wants and desires, pleasure, all these things that are so anti-Hashem and we turn around and we say, no, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to control myself, then that is what it means to be a holy perfect person and this is what Hashem wants this is what he wants from us so I want to wish you a blessed week and remember live a little higher thank you